The Africa Center for Missions was just beginning. Our brother Ezekiel Jocko had been studying, got his master's degree in missions at Bethany School of Missions in Singapore. Those of us who were eagerly waiting his return called him the Singapore man because we didn't know who he was yet. But we met in the offices of the Africa Center for Missions and he says, I know you. And he reminded me of that particular seminar. We've been working together ever since, except, of course, the time that we're here in the States, which is, as you know, very hard for Shirley and me being here. And so because of that, it's a special joy to welcome our brother from Kenya. Brother Jocko, is, uh, he's got a real heart to raise up and train missionaries to go to the unreached peoples of the world, especially in Eastern Africa, but to the rest of the world as well. We were fellowshipping yesterday after he arrived at the airport and came to stay with us at our house, and we just, it was like heaven again for us, just to have this time together. He's going to be with us for about 10 days. Uh, we hope he gets to meet some of you, or many of you personally. Uh, we encourage you to come for the meeting tonight. I would like us to uh, welcome our brother in a bit of a Kenyan fashion today. And that's why we have a Swahili word up there, karibu, which in Swahili means welcome or draw near. And I believe we are welcoming our brother today, and I want you to practice that word with me. Learn a little bit of Swahili today. Karibu. Can you say it? Karibu. Karibu. Okay, good. Now let's add it, add his name to that, and then he'll come and minister the word of the Lord to us. Karibu, brother Jocko. Karibu ndugu. Thank you, Millard and Shirley for hosting me for these 10 days or so. Thank you, Gordon Wright, for the meetings you have arranged for me during this week. And thank you, everyone, for having me speak in your church today. It's an honor, a great privilege for me, and I give glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from my wife, Dutea, and our two daughters, Ruth and Melanie, together with brothers and sisters in Kenya. My wife, Dutea, and I have been married for the last 19 years. In August, uh, August 10th, this year will be our 20th anniversary. And our daughter Ruth is going to be 19 years of age on the 19th of August. Melanie is 15 and she's in high school, but Ruth has just come out of high school. Millard has told you about the Africa Center for Missions, where we met and we have worked together for the last 10 years or so. And the vision for Africa Center for Missions is actually to train African missionaries and release them into the mission field. Africa Center for Missions is trying to turn the African continent from being a mission field 
to a mission force. And we thank God for the work which Millard and Shirley have been doing. Not only through the Africa Center for Missions, but since they came to Kenya, because they have just been with Africa Center for Missions for 10 years or so. But Millard came to Kenya when I was a very little child. I think I was only five years old when he first came to Kenya. And they came with Charlie in the 70s. And from that time, they had been discipling students and Kenyans, especially through the Kenyatta University. And if you came to Kenya today, majority of the Christian leaders and church leaders, in one way or the other, they have been discipled by Millard and Shirley. Praise the Lord. And therefore, God, when I was praying about my coming here, God gave me something, or God told me to come and tell you something. Would you like to listen to it? God asked me to come and tell Millard and Shirley, thank you. Thank you for turning the hearts of many to the Lord through the discipleship sessions that you had. So thank you, Millard and Shirley. The Lord told me also to come and tell Brother Gordon Wright, thank you. This brother came to teach in our school just for a week. And he instilled some fear in the students. <laughs> it was the fear of the Lord. Because he spoke prophetically, he taught prophetically, and even when he walked, he walked prophetically. <laughs> so thank you, Brother Gordon, together with your family. I'm yet to meet them. That wonderful lady behind or beside you. And the Lord also told me to tell the elders of this church, thank you for releasing these people to come to Africa. Thank you so much, elders. Because if you had said no to them, they would not have come. And that would have meant that you are saying no to God. But you had God and you obeyed God. Thank you so much. Now, there is a group of you that came to Kenya two years ago. May I see you? May, please stand up. Those who came on a mission trip last year. Thank you. I only got a chance to meet you just one afternoon. But the spirit that I... I, I saw in you was the spirit of servanthood. You came and you went far away from the capital city. You did ministry with various church leaders. And I tell you, you planted a seed. Thank you so much. God bless you. Together with your families, those who released you to come, I want to say thank you. Finally, God told me to come and tell the entire church thank you. 
Thank you for supporting the missionaries, not only Millard and Shirley, and those who have been to Kenya. I forgot to mention Andrew. What is his other name? Yes, you know him. A young man who came to Kenya, and he was such a humble example for many of our missionaries. I'm told right now he's in Texas, and I just want to say thank you. So the entire church, we want to thank you for releasing missionaries to Africa, releasing missionaries to China. Today we are praying for missionaries in China, for releasing missionaries to Russia, releasing missionaries to other parts of the world. So thank you so much. Amen? So God bless you even as you continue to pray with us, as we continue to train Africans to reach the world for Jesus. Amen? I am involved with a group of pastors, and we meet every week for discipleship sessions in the slum of Kibera. Kibera is the biggest slum in Nairobi, and they have uh, the houses where people live are not something that you can call a slum here. He showed me some place that could be called a slum in, in, in Tulsa, but I want you to know that is like a middle-aged kind of living places in Nairobi. But our slums are places where maybe only cows, maybe cows may have a better place in the U.S. But but these pastors have a burden for people who live in the slums. People that can hardly afford a nice meal in a day. And so I meet with them once in a week, and we go through some discipleship sessions and ministry training. We thank God for the far he has brought us, and we believe God will continue to be with us. I also give leadership to a small church in another slum called Kawangware. A brother Gordon Wright got a chance to speak in my church. So it is like I'm revenging. Because he spoke in our church and God moved in a special way. And members of this church, they gave me greetings to bring to you. Please. Turn with me to your Bibles, to the book of Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6. We are going to read verse 31 through verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through verse 33. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that, ye need of, that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things, 
shall be added unto you. Friends, I want to share with you on our benefits for being in the family of God. Our benefits. The benefits we have for being in the family of God. We don't have to be worried about many things. We don't have to be worried about what we are going to to eat or what cloth we are going to have. We don't have to be worried about many other things. Someone has written a book and in his book he has asked this question. And Millard and Shirley, they like referring to that. Have you ever seen a worried bird? A bird that is worried. Where? A worried bird. Why should we not be worried about things? Of course we live at a time when world economy is tumbling down. We live at a time when we are not even sure of our own security. Even for me to receive a U.S. visa, I had to go through some screening at the embassy. They had to ask me many questions. I had to go on the internet and answer questions to do with security. We live at a time in the world when people don't trust one another. There is no security. But the Bible tells us, do not be worried. Why? Because we have a father. I've never seen children who are worried when they are with their father. We have a loving father and we are born into his family. And Jesus is telling us, instead of worrying, we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is our part. The rest, God will take care. God will take care. And therefore, I want to share with you some of the benefits of belonging to the kingdom of God. But I don't want to talk about the kingdom. I want to talk about the family. Because every kingdom in the world is being ruled by the first family. Am I right? But we belong to that first family of God. We belong to the family of God. So what are the benefits that we have for seeking first the kingdom of God, for being born into the family of God? You know, the day you... You are born again, you are given some privileges. When, when a child is born into your family, that child has some privileges which another child from another family may not have, but may have privileges of that other family. But our children, when they are, they are born into our families, they are given some privileges. And one of the privileges we give our children is our family name. 
All my children are called by my name. And they are known by my name. We are the children of God. We are known by the name of God. Amen? Amen. We belong to our Father. He's a loving Father. His name is God. We were also given the family likeness. The family likeness. If you saw the picture of my family, of my daughters, you will identify them with me. You will say, surely they resemble you. We are also given the likeness of God. When God created man, he created him in his own likeness and in his own image. So even us, when we become born again, we are given the likeness of God. We belong to the family of God. We have the likeness of God. And therefore, we have a privilege. When people look at us, they identify us with Jesus Christ. That's why the first believers at Antioch, they were called Christians because they were Christ-like. We are given that likeness. We as a family also, we have an intimate access. Hey, praise the Lord. You know, my daughter, my daughters when they come home, they don't have to stand at the door and say, excuse me please, may I come in? They don't do that. They know they are coming home. They have access. They have every, everything in the house is theirs. And sometimes my wife really complains. Because when we get out and they remain in the house, by the time we come back, she finds all her drawers and everything is turned upside down. And she says, what are these girls looking in my things? And I tell her, because they are your daughters. We have access, even in the kingdom of God, in the family of God, we have access. We have access. We have a family inheritance. We have a family inheritance. So let us look at the three benefits that we have as children of God. The first one is found in Galatians chapter 4 verse 7. If you don't mind, turn with me to Galatians chapter 4, verse 7. We'll find the first benefit there. Jesus said, and all these other things, all these benefits shall be added unto you. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 7. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son... Then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. The first benefit is we, we become heirs of everything that belongs to God. Everything that God has belongs to us. We inherit. We become, you know, we are given power and authority. Jesus said all power, authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go ye therefore into the whole world and make disciples. 
We are not servants. We are not slaves. We are children. We are sons and daughters in the kingdom of God. We have that privilege. That's a great benefit that we have. Everything that God has belongs to us. Everything. Everything that God has belongs to us. And what is it that God has that belongs to us? The Bible says, silver and gold belongs to God. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. The earth and the heavens belong to God. We are created to have dominion over everything that God created. Everything that God has belongs to us. We don't need to be worried. We don't need to be anxious of what we are going to eat tomorrow. We don't need to be worried about many things. Many people are worried about bank accounts. Many people are worried about their jobs. But we need to know we belong to a family, the family of God. We need to know that we are not just children in the, in the family, but we are heirs. We are going to reign with Jesus. We are going to rule <coughs> with Jesus. And we need to begin today. You need to rule with Jesus in your situation, in your house, in your place of work, everywhere you are. Because the presence of Jesus, the presence of God, gives us victory. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. In the presence of God, there is power. In the presence of God, there is healing. Second benefit. The second benefit is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I believe we know it. This is where Paul went writing to the Philippians, appreciating their support from verse 10. Paul had the privilege of planting the church in Philippi, but he had to move on and go to other places. And the church in Philippi was the only church that continued to support Paul in a big way. And so, in appreciating them, he tells them how he feels about their support. But finally, he tells them, because you have been standing with me, and because you have been so close to me, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So, the second benefit we have is that we have a wonderful inheritance. Sorry. Our rich father, our rich father has promised to meet all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see, if you have a father, actually, you don't even need to begin asking yourself, how am I going to approach my father? 
and ask him for ABCD. Your father knows what you need before you ask. I don't know about here, but I can talk about my, my two daughters. When they go through school, in Kenya we pay school fees in high school and other universities. As a father, before the schools open for the new session, the new term, I already know I'm supposed to pay school fees for my daughters. And I have to trust God to get enough money and pay for them school fees. The first day they go to school, I've already paid. They don't even know it. In their school, some children are sent home for lack of school fees. But my daughters, I trust God for them. I don't earn a salary, but I trust God and my God has never failed me. Amen? Praise the Lord. I don't have a salary. I trust God. I live by faith. I depend on God. And the Lord has always provided. I am here in the U.S. not because I have a big account where I went to draw some money in order for me to pay my airfare, but because the Lord provided even before I knew it. If you need to know more about that, we shall talk sometime. Um, I believe, Millard, I could be wrong. I think I am the first African to trust God for my living. I don't know. There could be others. But I think I received a very specific training when I was doing missionary training in Singapore. And one of the courses, one of the subjects that I was taught was living by faith. And I was given a credit for that course. Another course I did was hearing and obeying the voice of God. Although sometimes... I fall short of hearing the voice of God. But I live by faith. Millard and Charlie knows. There was even a day I didn't have where to sleep. They gave me a room in their, you call it prophet's room. That's where I slept. But the Lord has been so faithful, friends. For the last 10 years, I've seen his faithfulness. Nobody pays me a check. There is no check that is paid to me at the end of the month. But my God has supplied all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. If you believe in God, if you trust in the Lord, God will do the same. It doesn't matter whether you are working, you are on a salary or not, but you need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other worries, all these other things that you are anxious about, God will take care of them. Amen? I believe very strongly in this congregation. There are people who are struggling financially. I bring you deliverance in Jesus' name. The key is for you to trust in the Lord. The key is for you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Our rich father, he's so loving, he's so caring. 
He has promised to meet all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And I've come to tell you that God will never disappoint you. In Romans chapter 10, verse 11, Paul tells us that whoever believes in him shall never be disappointed. Whoever trusts in the Lord shall never be disappointed. Whatever situation you are going through today, whatever hardship that you are facing today, whatever burden you are facing today, my God will not disappoint you. But you need to trust in him. Finally, the third benefit I want to speak about today is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Here Peter tells us, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, which is reserved for you in heaven. Which is reserved for you in heaven. And that benefit I'm talking about is that we have a wonderful inheritance. We have a wonderful inheritance which is reserved for us in heaven. Can you say amen to that? We live at a time when world economy is coming down, is going downward. Even the U.S. dollar, which used to be very strong, nowadays the Australian dollar is stronger. Other currencies are becoming stronger. The question is, is America still on the same foundation it was founded on? In God we trust. Do we still trust in God? I think at one time we began to trust the dollar. I think at some time even people from other parts of the world began to trust in the American dollar. And now, if you go to other countries, they no longer want to use American dollar. They're now using euros. Friends, we have a wonderful inheritance preserved for us in heaven. What does that mean? It means that even if the world economy is going to come down, those who trust in the Lord, those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, they will never be disappointed. You will flourish like in the book of Habakkuk. We are told even if the fig tree does not flourish, even if there are no grapes, there are no olives on the olive tree, even if everything is dry, but Habakkuk says, yet I will trust in the Lord. When things are not going the way we expect, friends, that is the time to trust in the Lord. 
When things are going as we expect, that is the time to trust in the Lord. We must give the kingdom of God a priority in our lives. Whatever we do, whether in word or in deed, let us do it for the glory of God. I believe our expectation should be to work towards the kingdom of God. And I want to say I'm so impressed by the number of missionaries this church is supporting in the mission field and other missionary activities you are involved with. I visited the website of Tulsa Christian Fellowship. And guess what I found? That 20% of your congregation, 20% and more of your income goes to the missionaries in the world. What a wonderful thing. Not just 10%. You know, people believe in 10% of going there. But the Bible does not restrict us to 10%. It is supposed to be 10% and more. And you guys, you have 10, 20% and more missionaries all over the world. Prioritizing the kingdom of God. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Therefore, we are to expect this inheritance of God in spite of what is happening around us. The Lord has promised us that we shall inherit the earth and even the heavens. In Psalms chapter 2 verse 8, we are told, God is telling us, ask of me and I shall give you the ends of the earth as your inheritance. If that is what God can give us, is there anything impossible with God? Our little needs, our little things that we think are important to us, they are nothing to God. We talk of miracles. God of miracles. When you talk of a miracle, to God that is not a miracle. That is his nature. Is there anything in your life that you want to surrender to God today? You want to say, I've been worried about this. I've been worried about my job. I've been worried about my family, about my children. I've been worried about my security. I've been worried about this or that, that you would like to just come to the Lord and tell God, God, have your way in my life. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. We honor you today. We enthrone you in our lives. We want to prioritize your kingdom and your righteousness. We don't want to do anything for our own personal selfish gain. But we want to do everything for your kingdom. Help us, Father. Many times we have been worried. We have been anxious about many little things. But your word 
has promised us that you have inheritance for us. That you supply all our needs according to your glorious riches. What a wonderful promise. And what a wonderful father you are to us. And therefore, we surrender all our anxieties, all our worries to you. And from today, we want to look to you. We want to trust you. We want to depend on you. Because those who trust in you will never be disappointed. So receive our praise and receive our confession today. We pray for your presence. We pray for your peace. And we pray for your power. Be with us now and throughout our lives until we come face to face with you when that day comes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Ezekiel, for coming. Thank you for your wonderful message. Thank you for those wonderful words of thanks at the beginning. That was a, a great encouragement to, to all of us as well. And um, the great word about trusting in the Lord, seeking him first, and all these things shall be added unto us. Tonight, Brother Ezekiel will be here at 6.30. It'll be a question and answer time. Uh, time of fellowship, refreshment, so uh, if you can come, please do. He'll also be speaking at Jesus Inn on Wednesday night, so there, there's still another opportunity to hear him there. Let's have a, a prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the strong word through our brother from Kenya. Seek first, we're to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto us. Thank you that we have no reason to worry, but we simply need to trust in you. And so we do that, and we purpose to do that today and every day. Pray a special blessing over Brother Ezekiel. Father, we pray that his time in Tulsa will be a wonderful time. May he be a blessing to everyone he interacts with. We pray for his wife and for his children, Lord, that you would bless them, watch over them while he is away. And thank you for continuing to give us sovereign opportunities to share the good news of the gospel with those who still don't know you. Help us to continue to carry forth the message of the kingdom of God, even here in our own neighborhoods, among our friends and family, our associates. And Father, we give you all glory and praise for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great, great day.